The Eco Right Speaks podcast is your conservative home for weekly climate news, interviews, points of view, climate heroes, jesters, and so much more. We'll share the stories of people leading in their local communities and around the country. Welcome to the Eco Right Speaks podcast. It's brought to you by RepublicEN.org. Hello, and welcome to the Eco Right Speaks your climate-focused podcast produced by the team at republicen.org. I'm your host, Chelsea Henderson, fresh off of Thanksgiving, where I did not make turkey, but instead tried making beef wellington, and listeners, it was delicious. You know, I have long wanted to bring a guest on the show with expertise in heat pumps. Today, I'm happy to bring you two Together, Alexander Gard-Murray and Nate Adams are going to talk to us all about HVACs, specifically heat pumps, which are a little more environmentally friendly and um, part of the effort to electrify our homes. Nate, the house whisperer Adams, is the author of The Home Comfort Book and has helped numerous clients make their homes healthier, more comfortable, and able to run on clean electricity. His focus on residential electrification retrofits earned him the moniker the father of electrify everything. He's a guy with a couple of nicknames. Dr. Alexander Gardmurray is the director of the Greenhouse Institute. He was previously a college fellow at Harvard University and a postdoctoral fellow at Brown University's Climate Solutions Lab and the Rhodes Center for International Economics and Finance. Listeners, let's talk all things HVAC. Coming up next. Listeners, welcome back. I am about to share with you what I think is going to be one of the best conversations we've ever had on the Eco Right Speaks. I'm here with Nate, the House Whisperer, and Alexander. We don't really have a moniker for you, but um, as I mentioned in the intro, these two guys, I've been referring to them as the HVAC guys informally on our team calls the last week or so, but they are <laughs> here, both here to demystify heat pumps and electrification and all the things that we can be doing at um, a personal level to um, kind of walk that climate talk. So gentlemen, thanks for coming. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Chelsea. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having us on. I just need to note to listeners who can't see our Zoom that Nate is at Lake Mead outside Las Vegas. He's got the lake behind him. And tell us how you're able to come to us today. Well, as it seems with so many things these days, Elon Musk is behind it. Uh, solar and battery are powering the Starlink. And yeah, here we are sitting on the shores of uh, Lake Mead, uh, right outside Las Vegas. Well, you have a lot better view than Alexander and I do. Um, I just want to um, highlight for our listeners, you guys are Twitter friends. Like the origin story of your relationship is your Twitter friends. So uh, Alexander, talk to us about how that came about. So I'm I'm an avid follower of Energy Twitter um, and you know, there's always been a lot of great discussion there about the most exciting things in energy and climate. And one day I came across this long thread that looked like a rant about how one-way air conditioners uh, were outdated and how they could become heat pumps with only a few extra parts. And why didn't we switch from selling these one-way ACs to selling two-way heat pumps? And the more I read what looked like this, this crazy rant, the more I felt myself thinking, no, this isn't crazy. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, and by the end of it, I was like, I need to email this guy. Because uh, at the end, uh, the, this crazy guy was saying, you know, if anyone could help me make this a reality, get in touch. 
And I emailed him. And, and since then, I feel like half my life has been heat pumps. So, Nate, for our listeners who aren't familiar with what a heat pump is, give us Heat Pump 101. Um, it's pretty simple. We all have a heat pump working in the heating or the pulling heat from the cold air in our house. It's called the refrigerator. So the air inside your fridge is you know, a little over freezing, and typically the freezer is around zero uh, Fahrenheit, uh, and there's heat coming out at the bottom getting pumped into the house. Um, heat pumps can do the same thing for your house, because um, something a lot of people don't understand, air conditioners don't actually cool. They just move heat from inside the house to outside the house, and they can also pull heat out of the cold air and pump that inside and it is literally pumping like it, it sucks the heat uh, out of wherever it is and it moves it to another place so while it's kind of the, the heat pump moniker sometimes is annoying and people are like well but do i still get air conditioning well yes because uh, technically it's just pumping heat from one place to another but it can go both ways a heat pump is just an air conditioner that can switch directions right that's a great way to think of it and so alexander for those, again, who are just kind of coming into this, um, not really understanding the technology, why is this a superior way to heat and cool our homes to regular um, gas-fired or, um, well, I guess that's the alternative, right, to having gas gas heat? Does anyone have gas uh, gas AC? I, I, I know at my house I have gas electrical, I'm sorry, gas heat, and my electrical runs on the AC, but um, why, why would having a heat pump be advantageous if you were worried about carbon emissions? Whether you're talking about a gas furnace or oil or propane or coal or wood or electric resistance, none of those are ever going to be more than 100% efficient. You're never going to get more energy out, heat energy out, than you put energy in. Heat pumps can be 300, 400% efficient. And the reason is because they're not creating heat. They're moving existing heat. They're gathering all the, the heat energy that's outside the home. Even when it's cold, there's little bits of heat energy in the air. And a heat pump basically scoops all that up, compresses it, and pushes it into the house. And because it doesn't have to create that heat, that's why it can be way more efficient, use less energy, and that's why it's so much better for the climate because you're using less energy. Um, Nate, talk a little bit about barriers to entry. Like what is, why aren't, you know, I feel like I'm, I work in this industry, right? I mean, I don't work in heat pump industry, but I work on climate change. I'm very conscious. I have solar panels. I drive a 13 year old Prius that when it dies, I'll get an EV. What is stop, why is this not something that people sort of everyday Americans or people around the world are, are embracing and talking about? Well, first off, it's pretty unsexy. I mean, it's diverse in your air conditioner. Oh, come on. Um, <laughs> well, the, the, the unsexiness leads to the, the real root problem, which mm -hmm. is that the vast majority of systems are replaced on an emergency basis. So yes. it's when your air conditioner fails on a hot day or your furnace fails on a cold one. Um, so as humans, if we are you know, put up against a large expense that's completely unexpected. And I mean, these are not small, like systems are 10 to $30,000 is kind of the usual range we see. That's not a small expense. So you're going to try and minimize it. So a heat pump and an air conditioner, they're fundamentally the same piece of equipment. Um, they just have a couple of parts. In fact, I should have brought them out here with me. I brought them with me. There's a reversing <laughs> valve um, and a defrost board. Uh -huh. um, and, uh, 
those two parts don't cost that much, like a couple hundred bucks in manufacturing, give or take. Um, uh, and almost every air conditioner model has the equivalent heat pump model, but it costs just a little bit more. And if mm-hmm. you're trying to minimize expenses, that extra 500 bucks um, at wholesale is enough to have you be like, now nah, I'll just take the air conditioner. And so that's just, a, it's a fundamental issue, but 85 to 90% um, from industry meetings are uh, emergencies. So if we can't solve for that, we're in trouble. So there's, there's A, it's more expensive and B, they're also not in stock. Right. And if it's not in stock, you know, it, it doesn't get installed when it needs to happen the next day. Well, as someone who personally has experience with the AC going out in the middle of a heat wave and then the furnace going out in the middle of winter, or actually it happened at the end of one winter and then the next winter came and I was like, oh no, and that would have been the time to do it, right? Is there a way to retrofit people's existing systems or do you have to replace the whole system? So you could change an air conditioner to a heat pump. Uh, but it's it's not an easy retrofit. There's enough parts that need to change that the odds of failure from it um, and the, the cost of the labor to do it make it to where you might as well just change out the piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you have another issue that HVAC is not a commodity. Mm-hmm. So you've got basic low efficiency, you know, the, the minimum efficiency equipment that's usually one speed. And then you move up to two-stage stuff and then fully variable. Uh, but you can't retrofit, say, a fully variable system, which will give you the best comfort in your home mm-hmm. to most single stage systems, which is what, you know, a lot of furnaces would be. Can you change it? Yes, but not really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that, that's that's where it's complicated. So once you do it, it's in for usually a minimum of 10 years mm-hmm. and sometimes 20, sometimes longer. Um so we have to catch that moment yeah. or else we miss 85 to 90% of the market. Well, I guess just a few quick things, you know, you were asking why don't people, why haven't people heard of these, yeah. right? I think 10, 20 years ago, heat pumps were not efficient enough or the cost 10 to 20 years ago, the math on heat pumps didn't work out. The technology just wasn't there for all climate zones in the U.S., So a lot of people weren't trying to sell them. And that's why I think a lot of people aren't familiar with them. But the technology has improved so much. I think if people are hearing about them more, that's because now they can work cost-effectively in all parts of the U.S. You mentioned changes in Maine. Maine has has had a lot of success promoting heat pumps. If they can work in Maine, they should be able to work anywhere in the country. For those who've never been, it is cold in the winter. That's the spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a, a... really easy window of opportunity when the manufacturer is making mm-hmm. a product it's really easy for them to add a reversing valve to make it a heat pump mm-hmm. but after it gets installed in the home it's just not the, the math isn't going to work out well there are some rebates on the books right or, or is it a tax credit or a rebate for um for a heat pump that was in the inflation reduction act i know for the water heater for the heat pump water heater that it, i think it's a, a actual rebate at point of purchase rebate um because that is something that i am going to do the second whatever the the benefit is um it's going to be distributed by states and um once my state of maryland has the rules on how it's going to happen i'm going to go get my heat pump water heater because my water heater is like probably more than 20 years old so it is an emergency waiting to happen right and this did happen to friends of mine who are very uh, climate and carbon conscious, who 
Um, their hot water heater went when they weren't expecting it and they wanted the heat pump water heater. It was a six week wait to get it. And they obviously needed hot water. So they just got um, a regular system. And so, yeah, you need to kind of get around that emergency thing. Yeah. And water heaters are the other main appliance that usually goes out and you're just done. Um, you know, they start leaking on the floor and, you know, it's it, it's it's not, well, we can hang on another month. It's like uh, today would be nice. Um, yeah, yesterday exactly. would have been better. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's a real <laughs> challenge. There, there's a mix of incentives there. Uh, but they're 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 not ideally structured, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the the federal tax incentive could be useful to you because that's mm-hmm. uh, two thousand uh, dollars that up to thirty percent of the mm-hmm. installed cost. So that may be useful. I mean, it's uh, something if you've got to do the job anyway, right? So my neighbors they had the same situation. Their gas furnace failed this last year, and even though I spend you know twenty out of every twenty four hours talking about heat pumps. In the 24 hours between their their gas furnace failing and me finding out, getting a chance to talk to them, they'd already put down a $10,000 deposit on a new gas furnace. Because, of course, when your system fails, you want to place it as soon as possible. And as you mentioned, the IRA has incentives. There's there's both a tax credit and there are going to be state-level rebates uh, to help with heat pump sales. and, And hopefully lots of people will benefit from those. But those aren't going to affect everyone those aren't not everyone's going to be eligible for the rebates and even if there's a rebate if you don't have the units in stock locally right when you need them then you're not going to be able to take advantage of it so it's really important to not just have consumer incentives but to also make sure that the people selling hvac are putting a lot of heat pumps on the market make sure that's an option for consumers everywhere. So are there efforts underway to make that happen from a like a policy standpoint? So that's something that Nate and I have been really active on working on ever since he wrote that Twitter thread. Um, <laughs> and they're real friends we, now, listeners, not just Twitter friends. <laughs> no, we're, we're real. We, we talk too much to be to be just word friends. <laughs> uh, Senator Heinrich um, and has been working with us. Uh, this is a senator from New Mexico. His office has been working with us on something called the Cooler Act. And the idea behind the Cooler Act is to offer distributors of HVAC a tax cut if they switch from selling one-way AC to two-way heat pumps. And we're specifically talking about the kind of AC that sits outside your house. Window, AC, yeah. those would still be sold. Right. But if they voluntarily switch, mm-hmm. then they get a tax cut for every heat pump they sell. And the real value of this is that that tax cut would cover the cost difference for them. You know, as you mentioned, it's a pretty small cost mm-hmm. difference upstream of the consumer to switch from a, an AC to a heat pump. So it would make it cost effective for them to just sell only heat pumps yeah. For similar costs that they used to sell ACs. Right. But now when someone has an emergency replacement, their distributor has tons of heat pumps in stock and it, it becomes a no brainer to get a heat pump. Well, I like that. What are the prospects of that bill? Does it have any bipartisan support or is it sort of in the early stages um, of development? It hasn't been introduced yet. I think right now we're, it's actively We're actively looking for bipartisan support. This is something we believe can and should be 
bipartisan. Yeah. It was developed in consultation with businesses, with people on both sides of the aisle. I think this is only going to move forward with with bipartisan support. Which is the only way you can really get anything done uh, around here these days. Around here, I say, because I am, you know, as the crow flies about five miles from the Capitol. So what else? Any other legislation, legislative efforts afoot? Or is that kind of where all the focus is right now is on the Cooler Act? So there's other places that are considering AC to heat pump Mm -hmm. uh, regulations. So California is looking at incorporating this into its building codes. Mm -hmm. Vancouver in Canada already requires that when an AC fails, you replace it with a heat pump. And they've had that on the books and that's been working successfully. The approach with cooler is not to mandate it, but to try and get that through a market driven approach to try and work with businesses. Um, So that's the strategy we're pursuing there. What do you guys have in your own homes? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, so, so I, that's a crucial thing. So I rent. Yeah. So I, 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 we've got a gas furnace in the basement and we don't have mechanical cooling because we don't get to choose yeah. how, how that works. And that's actually one of the reasons this is so important because most, you know, many low-income people in America are renters yeah. uh, and they don't get to pick their HVAC systems. And, you know, there are a lot of great landlords out there. I, I think we have a great landlord. But usually, you know, landlords are looking to get, you know, something cost effective like any homeowner. Yeah. Um, and so making sure that it's a heat pump on the shelf instead of an AC and that that heat pump is cost comparable yeah. with ACs is really crucial to reaching renters. Yeah, and this subsidy would also apply to window heat pumps, which are a new technology coming on the market and help bring the cost down. So renters whose landlords don't switch out their HVAC could still potentially install it more cost effectively. We're energy optimists and climate realists. Stand with us at republicen.org. Now back to this week's episode. Well, and I think that's a really good um distinction between something like a tax credit, which obviously, well, as you noted earlier, you have to qualify, but it still requires a big expenditure of funds from the person wanting to make the conversion. So I got solar panels last year. Yes, I got a very generous federal tax credit out of that. I got a state tax credit out of it and I get a county tax credit out of it, but the county tax credit has a queue right now. So they said, I'll get it in like 2025. Um, but it still required me to to put forth, you know, some some dough to make that happen. And I like what you're saying about having, you know, such a incentivizing the industry so that there's so much supply that that landlord who's going to Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever to pick up the replacement unit for their rental, that that is the most cost effective option. Right. And then everyone benefits. And also there's no uh, it doesn't complicate the the sales process. This is something Nate can speak to, I think, even more than me. But the crucial thing is this doesn't change what the consumer or the contractor has to do, right? There's no forms for them. There's no extra eligibility requirements. There's no extra tax accounting they need to do because when this has an effect, it has an effect upstream of them. This changes what the distributor is doing uh, and the complexity there is manageable. So Nate, what's in your house? Uh, we have five actually, and all of them have heat pumps. 
um, uh, but we we have Airbnbs in the mm-hmm. New River Gorge area. Three of them got a gas meter taken off, um, and the first gas meter we pulled was 2014. So almost 10 years now we've been doing this. So since before it was cool, and a lot of it is actually it's the the, the climate factor. There's a little bit in there. But for the most part, it's actually about comfort. So what heat pumps are good at is they put out a slower and steadier stream of heat or cool. And so the easiest way to think of it is imagine you've got 10 gallons of hot water to get clean. Uh, you can either have the, the hot bucket challenge as opposed to the ice bucket challenge and have one <laughs> bucket dumped over your head all at once. Um, or you can take a five-minute shower. Both ways is 10 gallons of hot water. And naturally, you'd prefer the shower. And for heating and cooling, the same thing applies. You want to, you don't want to be blasting heat or blasting cool. You want to give a steady stream, if at all possible. Um, and heat pumps, because they generally have lower outputs, which actually are also appropriate for most homes. Most furnaces are two to five times larger than they actually need to be uh, when it's really cold out, which means they're five, 10, 20 times larger than they need to be when it's, say, 50 degrees outside. Um, so if you want to provide better comfort, um, a variable speed heat pump that can dial way down to almost nothing, like the output of a window air conditioner is what some of them will dial down to for the whole house. Wow. Uh, that makes the house much more comfortable. So one of our houses, we we uh, re-themed. So we, we have one that's board game themed and we had one that was candy themed and it didn't book as well as we would hope. So we converted <laughs> it to be Harry Potter themed. Uh, it's called the Wizard House. And uh, we just lived there for a couple of months while we were redoing it. My wife's an artist um, mm-hmm. and like she always needs stuff like that to do. <laughs> and she commented, this is the most comfortable home I've ever been in. Wow. And that is a nearly uninsulated 1950 uh, built ranch. So now are you moving to the Harry Potter house? <laughs> um, uh, plus it's, it's a little too small. It's, it's only 600 something square feet. It's pretty little. Do you have a wine themed house? <laughs> it may yeah. be down the road. Yes. Yeah. So that on your the next ID. going to be cryptid themed. Um, and this is, I can, I can, you know, attest to what it's like on the other side, right? Cause I, we have a, a gas furnace and in the winter we're, we're entering that time now, either our house is getting down and it's pretty cold because our insulation is not not terrific or the furnace is blasting dry heat like an open oven yeah and it's it's one or the other and so you know uh the prospect of a heat pump something that's just providing steady even heating rather than opening the oven for 10 minutes every hour uh, is, is, you know, I, I think really, really appealing. Well, I sleep with my window open even in the winter. Well, not in the summer. It's too hot here. In the winter, I sleep with my window open. I like a nice cool bedroom. My kids are both in college. I keep the house. Um, if it's over 50 degrees, I turn my heat off. If it's under 50, I keep it at like 63, 64. They come home and they're like, Oh, it's so cold in here, mom. I'm like, Oh, that's what sweaters and blankets are for. So they're about to come home for Thanksgiving, but I know exactly what you mean because I'll, I will bump it up a little bit for them. And I walk by event and it's just like so hot. The cats are like lounged out around. The event. Nate, Nate you look like you want to say something. <laughs> I'm, I'm just laughing. Uh, so one of my wife's favorite things is to uh, uh, grab a blanket and sit on top of the vent. Um, and one nice <laughs> thing about the the newer generation heat pumps, so they have something in them called an inverter, uh, which like your solar system has too. It takes direct current and makes it uh, the alternating current. The, the nice thing is a lot of these newer ones will put out warm enough air 
that she'll still grab her blanket and sit on top of the vent. But more so, I'm just like, just turn it up. Um, like, what are you doing? Uh, don't be cold. Uh, do, you, do you guys want a couple of, of a 19-year-old and a 22-year-old? <laughs> I know a so home we, can be really comfortable. It's called the Harry Potter house. <laughs> so we have a six-month-old in the house, and um, we used to keep our house pretty cool because we, we we were also sort of like just kind of have a, you know, a blanket and a, a you know, mug of tea in the winter. But, you know, for, for a kid, you know, nowadays you're not supposed to cover them in blankets. Right. when they're sleeping right so we have to have the house high 60s 70 yeah. at night and so i think we're really experiencing the limits of a traditional heating system because if you want to keep it 65 or 70 when it's 30 degrees or colder outside it's really drying out the house we've got a humidifier running but it's really drying out the house you know and that's uh that's that's a problem and in general, heat pumps are better for health, partially because they provide this more even heating, but also because they displace a lot of fuels that people are burning in their homes. So people obviously are burning gas in many homes, but there are also people burning oil, propane, but coal and wood, right? A lot of main homes before they got heat pumps, there are plenty of wood burning homes in Maine, wood stove homes. That's true in West Virginia where Nate lives as well, people burning coal. And that has serious health impacts, especially on low-income people, especially on rural people. And so heat pumps promise not just more efficient heating, potentially bill savings, Mm -hmm. where comparable fuels are expensive, but really much better health for people because it reduces the need to rely on burning these dirty fuels inside your house. So for our listeners who want to learn more about the world of heat pumps and how they can uh, perhaps take that step before it's an emergency to retrofit their homes, where should I have them look? Do you guys, uh, does one or both of you have a website that we can direct them to? I'm getting pointed at. So uh, there's two that could be useful that we have. So one, one is electrifyeverything.net. Okay. Uh, which I set up back in 18, you know, before it was a common phrase at all. Um and there's a free course on there to learn about how to electrify your home and what the different nuts and bolts pieces of it. So it's it's the one-on-one like we were talking about uh, before the show. Uh, and the other one to take a look at would be NateTheHouseWhisperer.com. And a bunch of my book, The Home Comfort Book, is in there uh, for free. No, it's cost an email. Uh, that may be of some interest to kind of begin to get your head around it. One of the things that we're hoping to do with uh, the Cooler Act is to make hybrids the norm. So Mm -hmm. your traditional system is a furnace and an air conditioner for a bunch of the U.S. Uh, So a hybrid or dual fuel is a, a furnace and a heat pump. So that's what we're trying to make much more normal. Um, and th- that can, again, provide that better comfort. The, the comfort and indoor air quality, the, the health of a home, those tend to be worth something to consumers where uh, just the, the climate effect, it's usually not worth very much. Um, but yeah, it's, it, if there's two products and they're the same uh, price and one is green, one isn't, the green one will probably get bought. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the green one is 20% more, it probably won't sell. Yeah. So that's part of what we're trying to uh, kind of pull the edge off of. Uh, but yeah, it, it, educate yourself on it. And uh, like your water heater, one recommendation I would have is go buy one mm-hmm. at Home Depot or Lowe's, get a heat pump water heater and leave it in your basement. 
maybe pay an electrician to hook up the the 220 line that you're going to need for it um, and just have it ready. And maybe you'll pull the trigger before that, but uh, maybe you won't. But if it dies, it's not like, oh, geez, what are we going to do? It's like, well, get it hooked up. That's great advice. I might be uh, getting myself a heat pump water heater for, oh, my gosh, there are wildlife running behind me. What were they? There are wild donkeys at this site, and my dogs just started chasing them. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I was going to say, I think I'm getting a heat pump water heater for Christmas. and (laughs) That's a great idea. Get it. Have it around. Um, you know, we have a person in town who, uh, who installs them and I know he's got a real long queue of, of customers. So get in the queue and just be ready. And obviously I had you on the show because I have personal interest, but I really think that the stuff that you shared will be great interest to our listeners as well. And I just thank you so much, not only for everything you're doing, but how passionate you are and just how, um, how easily you're able to explain the technologies and the benefits and everything to um, not just our listeners, but to your audiences as well. I think it's really important work. And I'm glad that um, while you were thinking electrify everything five years ago, six years ago, five years ago, Nate, um, now it is, that is really more of a common thing you hear people say. So you all have been um, in this and will continue to work in these fields. And it's um, just makes me feel better to know that people are thinking about these uh, technological solutions on the day to day. So one last point, if I can make it, well, for starters, the, the, the hybrids make things simple because they're so normal for contractors. So it's very, very little difference in install. Um, an air conditioner and a heat pump are basically the same thing. Uh, but most contractors are still very nervous about heat pumps. Um, and then uh, they they need a way to educate, like what we've been trying to do here. So one of the other things that we're working on, well, my main focus actually is uh, called HVAC 2.0, and it's a different business model for HVAC contractors. Um, so they need to be open to and excited about the technology uh, in addition to you know, whatever other path happens. So hopefully cooler happens and that flips the switch on everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if it doesn't happen, the backup is really a business model issue. Uh, Right. You have to have the people that are able to do the installation and who are excited about that as well. And who are going to lead customers into that direction and not say, Oh no, just get the, this other thing is so easy. I can. Yeah. Yeah. I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah, it's painful every time I hear that story. Ah, you don't need that. They 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 talk somebody out of it. Yeah, um, but it it has to be a business model. It needs to be more profitable than business as usual, yeah. uh, or it won't take over like wildfire. So that's the other challenge. So there's uh, there's a business side and there's a policy side. Well, and is- the key thing I think about cooler is that it brings that date forward. Heat pumps are already improving. Heat pump sales outpaced gas furnace sales in America. Uh, last year, they rose globally by more than 10% last year. Heat pumps are coming, but the there's still lots of homes getting one-way ACs. There's still lots of homes getting new, um, less efficient heating systems, and those are going to last for a while. So if we don't start accelerating heat pump deployment, we're going to miss our goals for electrifying and decarbonizing. We really need to be ramping up the speed soon. And I think what Cooler does is it doesn't say you have to get a hybrid system. It doesn't say you have to only have a heat pump and ditch whatever you have. It's agnostic. It just says we want to make it easier 
for people to access heat pumps. We want to make them just a little more cost competitive. Uh, and that way, we really speed up their adoption across the country. Well, best. And if people are interested, how they. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's important. And, and you know, we want to make all of these um, technologies mainstream, right? That's the goal. We want them to be as normal to everyone as their current systems. And um, so, again, I thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And we got Nate, the House Whisperer, as well as ElectrifyEverything.net. Uh, Alexander, any place that our listeners can find you or um, that you'd like to share? Yes. If they want to look at policy updates on what we're doing, uh, they can go to greenhouse.institute. Thank you both so much for being here. I really, I'm going to touch base with you after I do my heat pump water heater and let you know how it went. So thank you so much, Chelsea. It's been great talking to you. So, Price, in a word, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. Ate a lot. It was fantastic. Uh, at the beach. <laughs> yeah, ate. your photos looked great. Oh, my yeah. God. It was it, so jolly. It was beautiful. Uh, we, we got you know a lot of rain in the mornings and then kind of waited, and then it finally cleared off. So it was like a tale of two days in one where it would be rainy in the morning and then clear off, and it'd just be super sunny skies in the afternoon. But, yeah, it was good. How was yours? Uh, it was quiet, which was actually what how I wanted it to be, and got to spend a lot of quality time with Jack. So it was a good, yeah. good holiday. And now we're fully uh, throwing ourselves into December, and you know it's winter, which um, you know to lead into today's guest makes me think of HVACs because you know what, listeners, this is the time of year that if your furnace is going to go, mm-hmm. it's going to go probably when the cold snap hits. If you know your furnace is old, you might want to think about now something you could do like getting a heat pump while they're in stock, while they're easily accessible and go ahead and switch that out before it's an emergency because we don't want any of our listeners to go cold. No, we definitely don't want you going (laughs) cold over the winter time, certainly. But yes, that was quite informative, great information, a lot of great tips, um, a lot of just, you know, um, you know, bottom line information that if yeah. people from the non-heat pump neck of the woods didn't know, <laughs> well, you do now because they pretty much, Alexander and Nate, broke it all down. The benefits and how to go about it and why and everything else. So um, it was uh, very enlightening and I was really excited uh, at the end of it. I know it was kind of a long interview, but it was really fantastic. The information they brought to our listeners. I, I was, uh, I was, I was very impressed, very, very yes. impressed, especially the different themed houses that I think it was, was Alex. <laughs> no, it was, um, Nate has his Nate. Airbnb. Yes. Okay. So, you know, I, I do hope that they have convinced a couple of our listeners that this is the the wave of the future. If I had been thinking about heat pumps, that's what I would have done four years ago when I had my furnace replaced. But uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? So just really grateful. I've been wanting to do this episode for a while. I think it's really an important part of electrifying our homes. And so uh, thanks to our guests for enlightening us um, with all of their wonderful smarts and um, advice. No doubt about it. We're happy to be back this week. Happy that everybody has joined us once again after the Thanksgiving holiday here on the Eco Right Speaks, which you can get on Tuesdays at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, wherever it is you listen to your podcasts, including republican.org forward slash 
podcast. You can listen to it with all episodes compiled on our website. But we will have more coming up next week. Guest to be announced. Working on that. But we've got a little <laughs> bit more as we begin to put the final touches on 2023 in Season 7, Chelsea. I mean, I can't believe we're winding down our seventh season. I can't believe that Christmas is in a couple of weeks. Um, I, you know, have to start compiling the best of episodes. So listeners, if there is an episode or there was a guest that was particularly, um, that particularly resonated with you, reach out and let me know. And I'll find a clip for our best of wrap up last episode of the season, which currently is slated to air on December 19th, if my brain math is working correctly. It is working like a charm, and <laughs> we are charmed to have some new members with us this week. Shout out to Rebecca M. in Florida, Avery B. in Virginia, Ian M. in South Carolina, Connie H. in Pennsylvania, and Samuel B. in Massachusetts for signing up to stand with us, which you can do, republican.org forward slash join. It takes mere seconds. And we appreciate not just those that we shouted out, but to the many, many others who signed up to stand with us since we were last with you. But please, if you have not done so, go online and please go to republican.org forward slash join. There's power in numbers and we need you. And I'm just going to make one more pitch. I know we're keeping this short, Price, mm -hmm. but um, if you are listening today, Tuesday, um, November 28th, it is Giving Tuesday. We don't beg for money except on this one day. We send an email out <clears throat> from Bob, message from our executive director, Bob Inglis. And, you know, every dollar counts as um, a famous radio uh, frequent fundraiser often says. So if you are compelled to donate to us, you can go over to our um, our website. And I'm looking up exactly what the link is right now. I should have teed it up beforehand, but um, you know, it is really helpful to us, it helps us. Um, there's a donate button right at the top, top right hand corner. If you go to republicen.org, find that donate button. Even 20 bucks is um, is helpful. And think about all the content that comes your way and for free. Right. We don't have a Patreon. We don't require you to sign up to get the extra clips that price takes such time to compile so that if you just want a teaser of what the episode is about, you can listen to that usually 60 to 90 second clip. Um, so please consider um, donating to our cause. That's right. We only ask once a year, one day out of 365 and today giving tuesday is that day as we are dropping a new episode today on november the 28th but great timing there chelsea and you know what if you're not listening on giving tuesday you can still give <laughs> anyway that's my pitch i'm done <laughs> we will not turn your dollar away but we would be grateful for any and all support as we continue on in our mission to court and cultivate conservatives on climate change the ones that are interested in a free enterprise solution to this issue, because as Bob has often said, the left has taken this as far as they can go. It is now up to the indispensable partners for action, which is conservatives. Uh, we're grateful to you. I mean, this is also the season of thanks. So thank you for listening. Thanks for sticking around with us through this um, extra long episode and price. See you all next week. See Hopefully. you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Eco Right Speaks podcast brought to you by the team at RepublicEN.org. 
Make sure to visit republicen.org to learn more and find out how you can be a local eco-right leader.